Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 12, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, Jesus talking with his disciples as the this big, humongous crowd is gathering around them, and he has told them, uh, he has warned them, don't be like these Pharisees, and he and he exposes their hypocrisy, and then he he goes on to tell them that 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 we should be uh, having a healthy fear, and that healthy fear is placed toward God. He says, don't fear those who can kill the body, because he knew what was about to happen to him with these Pharisees and religious leaders. They would soon eventually have their way, because they've tried to kill Jesus on several occasions, but eventually they're going to kill him and, and, and have him crucified on the cross. So he knew what was coming. His disciples didn't, and that's why he, he is warning them uh, to, to don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and and also place them in hell and so we talked in the last podcast about how we should have uh not a misplaced fear but a healthy fear and the healthy fear is toward god and living for jesus and 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 what jesus taught his disciples that's why we're going through this the the, having these podcasts these bible studies and we're breaking down luke because i want to share with you how Jesus wants you and I to live. And so we have a decision to make. Are, are we going to live for Jesus? Or are we going to live for ourselves? And we, we know that there's a price to pay uh, if we choose to live for ourselves. And we know there's a reward coming if we choose Jesus and living for Jesus because we will be with him for eternity in heaven. And so Jesus has been talking to his disciples and, there, and Luke says this crowd has gathered, and this crowd is so big, it's in the thousands, and people are starting to trample on each other. And so Jesus is going to shift his focus now from talking to his disciples. He's going to actually talk to the crowd. Um, but as we get into this, uh, Jesus addresses uh, uh, a man because he, he, he yells at Jesus, and he asks Jesus for a favor, uh, and and like I said, we'll cover this in just a second. But uh, uh, because Jesus is focused, he's, it's going to go back and forth between his disciples and the crowd. But Jesus loved the people, and he loved to teach them the ways of God, and 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 he loved to teach them uh, uh, about responsibility and and what God expects how uh, they should live and how we should live, and, and especially these 12 men that he is pouring himself into because they're going to be taking his place very soon. He knows this. They don't know it, but but he knows it. And so he's trying to get them to listen, trying to get them to understand that they're going to be the leaders of the kingdom and that they're going to have a responsibility to, to see that this kingdom grows despite the dangers and the persecution that they're going to be facing on a daily basis. So uh, Luke says this about this person that calls from the crowd. He says, he's asking Jesus for this favor. He says, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? And then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. 
Life is not measured by how much you own. Think about that. Life is not measured by how much you own. That's not, that's not the way we think at all. We think we got to have uh, a bunch of stuff and it's got to be the best of stuff. But Jesus says, life is not measured by how much you own. Then he tells them a story. He says, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all my crops. And then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods, and I'll just sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you have worked so hard for? Yes, Jesus said, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So the first thing that comes to my mind when I read this is don't use Jesus to take advantage of someone or take advantage uh, over someone. Obviously, there's a dispute going on between brothers, right? A dad has died. His two sons are fighting over the inheritance. And one of the brothers is hoarding up all the estate and he's not going to let the other brother have any of it. We don't know the reason behind it. We don't know what's going on. Uh, between these two brothers and, and, and but we know that one is trying to control the situation one is trying to manipulate someone one is being very uh, they're being full of greed and, and, and so they're going to try to use Jesus then to uh, fix this situation and, and, and Jesus is going to shift the focus to uh, something else. He's going to answer uh, this guy in a totally different way because the guy just wanted Jesus to take care of the situation. Hey, my brother won't give me my inheritance. Tell my brother to give me what's rightfully mine, right? So, so one thing that I want to point out is that we should not use Jesus to control or manipulate someone. And the last thing that we should try to do is to use Jesus or the Bible even to get our way or uh, to get our way or, or to try to persuade somebody uh, to see, see it our way. You know, like this guy was doing with Jesus. Tell my brother to give me what is mine. And I've been in situations, and, and, I, and I'm sure you can relate as well, that we, we get into a situation and we'll just use the Bible to our advantage. Well, the Bible says that, that you, know, you shouldn't do that or you should do this. And, and, and so we have to be careful on our approach and how we uh, uh, approach a situation when, or an altercation or something that's going on between us and somebody else. Um, this guy in the crowd, he can't get his way, so he thought if Jesus told the brother to give his part of the estate to him, then the brother would surely listen to Jesus and do what is right. But you know what? This is, this is hardly ever the case. People that have hurt you, people that have sinned against you, you know, they know what they did was wrong. They know that they hurt you. And no matter how many times that you and I throw the Bible out at people, to throw verses in their face or, or, or try to shove Jesus down their throat, they're, they're not going to listen. Uh, they know that they, what they've done is, is wrong. And like this man, 
we are focusing on the wrong thing. We, we're focused on what others are doing or what others are not doing instead of focus on, focusing on what we are doing and what we're not doing. And that's where our focus it should be. And that's what Jesus is going to let this guy know. Jesus is basically saying, hey, dude, don't be focused on your brother and what your brother's doing. You focus on what you're doing and what you should be doing. Now, Jesus isn't slamming the guy for wanting what is rightfully his. No, that's not what he's doing. What Jesus is saying is that our focus should not be on gaining a bunch of stuff on this earth, but rather our focus should be on having a relationship with God, which is why he gave the parable to this man. Because what happens when we, when we acquire a bunch of stuff? Well, we want more stuff. I mean, let's just be honest here. I, I, I've got a bunch of guitars behind me. I've got a banjo, a mandolin, a Martin guitar. Uh, I've I got a, a, a Ibanez acoustic. I, I've got a Fender a Strat, American model. I got a PV, uh, a fake Strat. I got an acoustic bass. I've got an electric bass. I've got a nice set of, uh, of drums. Uh, I've got everything that I need. But you know what? I, I, I still would like to have another guitar. Uh, I, I, there's a solid black Fender Strat that I want so bad. Um, but that's just the way we are. We acquire a bunch of stuff, but yet we always want more stuff. We are never satisfied with stuff. And that's what Jesus was saying to this man. He says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. That's where our focus should be. Well, why? Why? Why, why does Jesus say this? Because he just said that God has our souls in his hand, right? Fear the one, not that can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and put put your soul in hell. And so he's saying to this guy, don't, don't, don't try to acquire a bunch of earthly wealth, but instead focus on your relationship with God because God has our souls literally in his hand. You know, we sang the song as a kid. He got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world, and he does. He's got the whole world literally in the palm of his hands. And and God makes the ultimate decision on whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell. And 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 if we are not washing the blood of Jesus Christ, then we choose to go to hell. But if we are washing the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven and we get to be with God for eternity because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's, it's all about focus. It's all about perspective. In Matthew 16, 24 through 26, Matthew writes this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Think about that. Jesus says if you owned everything in the world, you were the richest person on the earth. And you didn't have God. What have you gained? What have you got? Just like the guy that that, that that built the barn. He said, I got all this stuff. I don't have enough room. I'll just build bigger barns. And and when I get my bigger barns done, then I'll have plenty of room and I can sit back and say, Well, you've done good. Let's, it's party time. And then God says, 
you're dead. Now what good is all that stuff doing? Because you can't take it with you. But that relationship toward God is what really matters when we take our last breath on this earth. So we better be focusing on our relationship with God and not acquiring a bunch of stuff. It's all about perspective. It's all about our focus. What is it that you desire? A bunch of stuff? I mean, look at your goals that you set for your life. Is it to acquire a bunch of stuff? Or is it to have a relationship with God? Is it of earthly perspective or is it of heaven perspective? Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal it. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, get this, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, wherever your focus is, if you're trying to acquire a bunch of stuff, well, that's where your heart's going to be or the desires of your heart's going to be. You're going to work hard. You're going to work overtime and you're going to neglect your family. You're going to neglect your relationship with God because you're going to be too tired and you're going to be focused on this and you're not going to be focused on God. But if your treasure is in heaven and focused on God, then then our then your life, our lives will be steered in that direction. We're going to do everything that we can. We're going to be reading our word. We're going to be going to church services. We're going to be involved in church services. We're, we're going to be involved in our community telling people about Jesus. We're going to be taking care of the poor. We're going to be doing all this stuff toward heaven because that's where our perspective, that's where our, our focus is. If we are if our treasure is in heaven because Jesus says wherever your treasure is there are the desires of your heart will be also so a better question to ask as we go to break is this where is your heart where is your heart and only you can answer that God already knows the answer but you need to come to realization where is my heart Is it on earthly things or is it on heavenly things? We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru and he is here to help you with any problems that you're having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. A man interrupts Jesus talking and he says, hey, I want you to fix this ordeal between me and my brother. He will not give me my part of the inheritance. And, and, and so Jesus takes this as an opportunity then uh, to teach this man a lesson and to teach the crowd a lesson and to teach his disciples a lesson. And, and he, he's, he says to, to the man, he says, don't be focused on earthly treasures, but rather focus on your relationship 
with God. And so the crowd, um, the, the focus then goes from uh, the crowd back to the disciples. And, and I said from the very uh, couple of podcasts ago that this is what is going to happen in Luke chapter 12 is Jesus' focus. He's talking to his disciples, then he talks to the crowd, then he talks to the disciples, then he goes back to the crowd. And so here he, he, he's going to shift his focus back to the disciples and he's going to use this as a, a, a teaching moment. Because again, he had just previously told them, you're fully, you're going to have to fully trust and put your faith in God and in me because I'm, I'm not going to be around very much longer. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. And when trouble comes, you know, you, I'm not going to be here to bail you out. I'm not going to be here for you to run to. And so he's saying, you're going to have to trust God and you're going to have to trust me. And he has told them that the Holy Spirit is going to lead them and he, the Holy Spirit will give them words to speak when trouble comes their way. And, and, and now that this man has called out to Jesus from this huge crowd, right, and, and interrupted him with, as he was talking to his disciples and asked him to get this help, get his inheritance from his brother, Jesus answered the man in a way to teach the crowd about where their focus should be. And, it, and it's a good lesson for us. And he turns to his disciples and he's going to tell them various things that, and he's going to be encouraging them to put their trust in God and to be prepared for what's about to, about to be come, coming soon. And I want to break down what Jesus says to them in verses 22 through 34. He says, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable to Him than any birds. Call on your worries, or can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, the answer is no. And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? And that's what we do. We we worry. We 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 get. Uh, we worry so much we get full of anxiety and the next thing you know and i'm not down to this because i've had to take medicine for it but but pe there's people who just work themselves up and they they worry so much that they 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 have to take medicine or they'll turn to alcohol or they'll turn to drugs because their their lives are so full of fear and anxiety they, they just get all in a in a tizzy and, and and jesus is saying what good is it doing you to worry about the situation that you're in it's not going to add one moment to your life in fact it's going to take away from it that's what worry will do and he says look life is more than food your body's more than clothing and he uses a raven another ugly bird for an example and he says hey you're far more valuable to god than any bird any raven and he says quit worrying get you know worrying can't accomplish anything and, and, and he says, look at the lilies, how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are, as the lilies of the fields. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow because a flower don't stay around very long, you look at buttercups. We already have buttercups coming up in their yard, and, it, and it's still winter. Well, you know what? It'll get warm a few days. Them things will come up, and they'll, they'll, they'll bloom, and they'll look pretty for a few days, and the cold will come back, and those things will be dead and gone, and, and we'll be uh, forgetting about them. 
and 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 that's what Jesus is saying here. If if God cares uh, about these beautiful flowers, verse twenty eight. If God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? Why do you worry? That's what Jesus is saying. Why do you work yourself up in, into having fear and anxiety? That, that, that's just showing a lack of trust in God. That's just the honest truth about it. If God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat or drink. Don't, don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. Unbelievers are the ones who should uh, th- th- are worry. Not you, not you who follow Jesus, not you who uh, have a relationship with God, because he says, your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you not want, but God will give you everything you you need so don't be afraid little flock there it is again don't be afraid for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give to those in need this will store up treasure for you in heaven remember he's wanting them to focus on their relationship with god and not earthly stuff sell your possessions get rid of it give to those who are in need this will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And that's what we looked at earlier from Matthew. So Jesus' message to the disciples is basically this. Number one, trust God because he delights in you. Number two, don't worry because God already knows what you need, and he will provide it number three seek the kingdom of god first above all else make it the most important thing in your life make the kingdom of god your top priority and god will take care of you that's exactly what jesus said so we either believe jesus we either trust jesus and what he said or we don't it's that simple How do we know then if the kingdom of God is our top priority? How do we know that we're putting God first in our lives? Because we will be focused on others. This is how we know. We will be focused on others and not ourselves, which is Jesus' point to the man in the crowd that asked him to get his inheritance from his brother. Sell your possessions. Sell everything you have and give to those. And that's that's what remember the the rich young ruler when he came running up to Jesus and said, "What do I gotta have to do to have eternal life?" And Jesus says, "Keep the commandments." He says, "I've done I've done that ever since I was a little kid. I've kept the commandments." And Jesus says, "Oh, there's one thing you lack." And he says, "Oh yeah, what's that?" And Jesus said, "Go sell everything you have and and, and give to the poor. Then come back and see me." And the, the rich young ruler walked away from Jesus, wanted to know how he could be saved, wanted to know how he could enter into the kingdom of God, so excited to do so, but yet he walked away sad because the Bible says he had many possessions and he didn't want to get rid of his stuff. And Jesus says, you want to know if the kingdom of God is first in your life, if you want to know if God is the top priority in your life, where's your focus? Is it on yourself? Is it on gaining more stuff for yourself? 
or is it on other people? Are you selling what you have to help people who are in need? That's what Jesus says. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. Remember that parable that Jesus told just before this? The man who acquired a bunch of stuff, he needed more room and he needed because uh, uh, he had more stuff, so he tore down his barns to build bigger barns. He was hoarding all of his stuff, and he was never satisfied when he should have been taking what he had, all that he had acquired, all that extra stuff, and helped the people that are in his community. He could see the poor people all around him, but he was unwilling to get rid of all this stuff that he had. He just hoarded it for himself, and he was going to sit around and enjoy the fruits of his labor for a long time. And he died, and God says, You fool, <laughs> what good's that stuff doing you now? Right? Jesus is the ultimate example of giving to others and putting people's uh, needs, other people's needs before his own. In John 4, he said, I love the King James Version in John 4, he must needs go through Samaria. This was a divine appointment. Jews made sure that they did not step foot on Samaritan soil because they considered themselves unclean. They would go miles and miles around, way out of the way. Instead of going through Samaria, they would go around Samaria because they did not want to defile themselves and, and, and be unclean. And Jesus said, I've got to go to Samaria. Well, why did he have to go to Samaria? Because there was going to be a woman, it was a divine appointment, there was going to be a woman sitting at the well. A woman who had been married five times and she is now living with a man who is not her husband. And Jesus has a conversation with this woman who has come out in the heat of the day to draw water. Why? Because she's an outcast. Because the way that she is living, she is an outcast of her society. And Jesus knew that she was going to be at that well. And Jesus meets her at that well, meets her in her situation and has a conversation with her and it changes her life. And in uh, verses John 4, 30 through 34, it says, So the people came streaming from the village to see him. That's when this woman came into the went back into her village and she's telling people the Messiah is here. And they come out to meet Jesus. Verse 31, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus because they, they had gone to town to get something to eat. And Jesus was having this conversation with this woman when they come back. And Jesus replied, <clears throat> meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. And the disciples look at each other and they, they said, did somebody bring him some food while we were gone? And Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Jesus' will was to help others. Over and over and over again, we see Jesus was moved with compassion. He, he wanted to give people hope. And he wanted to point people to God. He, he was being the right, he was being in the opposite of the 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 Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. Remember what he we started off this chapter with when he told his disciples, "Don't be like the Pharisees. They're hypocrites. They they pretend to be somebody that they're not." He says, "You be real. You be Jesus when I'm gone," and and that's what he tells us today to to 
show people hope to put the kingdom of God first. And when we put the kingdom of God first, that means that we are putting other people's needs before our own. And that's not an easy thing to do. When we are focused on others, we aren't focused on ourselves. And I know that sounds simple, but but think about it. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is far more than food and your body more than clothing. When we are focused on ourselves, we worry about things like money, how am I gonna pay my bills, Am I going to have enough food this week for my family? My kids need some new clothes, or I need some new clothes, I need new shoes. Uh, we worry about what we're going to look like. We, we're going to worry about what others think about us. We worry about all this stuff. But when we are focused on helping others and putting people's needs before ours, then, then we become less concerned about all those things that I just mentioned and what's going on in our lives. We are focusing on what Jesus wants us to focus on, and that is others. Because we're wanting to store up treasures in heaven and not on earth. We are trusting God because we are putting him first and his kingdom first. We are doing his will. And and, and like John the Baptist said, John the baptizer, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. And this totally goes against our, our human nature because we love ourselves, right? We want to take care of ourselves. And we'll go to any length and any expense to make ourselves happy, to make ourselves feel good, to take care of me. But again, when we have a selfish attitude, the kingdom of God is not first in our lives. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it, when we turn inward, we're being selfish. And Jesus says... You can't be selfish. Your focus has to be on others. And he was the ultimate example of that. And then he ends it by saying, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. We'll finish Luke chapter 12 in the next podcast. God bless you today for listening. if, if, If we can help you to focus on Christ, and not focus on yourself. Anything that we can help you with, pray about, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and we will pray for you. We will reach out to you and help you in any way possible to get your focus where it belongs. And that's off of yourself, off the things that are going around you in your life that you don't have to worry, that you can have a healthy fear and that fear will be placed in the hands of God who who, who will take care of every situation that we face because Jesus said that we are far more worthy than a bird. And if God takes care of a bird, he will surely take care of us, his children. So if we can help you in any way, reach out to us through e- email at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you. Have a great day and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, 
for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.